Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today I would like to thank the Lord for this glorious opportunity. Thank you for joining our breakthrough service. I believe today that you will be blessed by this exciting new study that we have begun with the book of John. And I believe that God is going to bless us and bless you tremendously through the study of the book of John. Now, we're going to look into the book of John and understand the purpose of why John wrote the book of John. John wrote about the book of John about 95 years after Jesus died. He wrote 1st John, 2nd John and 3rd John. And when John wrote these books, there was a time that John had been faced with many antichrists was arising and John needed to defend the deity of Christ because many were beginning to say Christ did not come in the flesh. And so for our understanding today, we're going we're gonna to look into the word of God and understand what John brought about through the teachings that Jesus was the Son of God. <clears throat> that Jesus was the Son of God. And so we're going to look at the purpose of this book first of all. John chapter 20 verse 30 and 31. The Bible says, The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. And so he writes this, so that we would believe that Jesus is the Son of God. When we look at the study in the Old Testament, the Bible says Solomon asks a very important question. And I believe that at this point, Solomon was the wisdom man. But Solomon asks a question in the book of 1 Kings 8 and verse 27. He asks the question, But will God indeed dwell on this earth? Will God indeed dwell on this earth? And we know that several hundred years later, Jesus became man. God became man. Sorry, God, not Jesus, became man. God became man and he dwelt on the earth. He became man and dwelt on the earth. But we know that before Jesus came, there was a glory, the glory that showed up in the tabernacle, the glory that showed up in the temple. But this glory departed. This glory departed. Amen. We understand that as Solomon asked this question, we could really say, indeed, this is a awesome question. It's a question that, that, is, that is weighty and carries a lot of weight. God's glory, as I said earlier, dwelt in the tabernacle. The Bible says in Exodus 40 verse 34, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So the cloud covered the tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord filled 
the tabernacle. In 1 Kings 8 verse 10 and 11, when the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. There are many verses that um, we could look into. For, uh, for Just for one more, we're going to look at um, Ezekiel 9 and verse 3. Then the glory of God, the God of Israel, rose up from between the cherubim where it had rested and moved to the entrance of the temple. And the Lord called to the man dressed in linen who was carrying the, the righteous case. Now we see here the glory came, but there, there was a time that the glory left and the glory left because of Israel's disobedience. We find this in the book of Samuel where the glory departed as the woman said, I will call my son's name Ichabod for the glory has departed. And we see that as 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 the church, as the as the age or the dispensation of the Israelites continued, they rebelled against God and the glory of God was no longer visible or the glory of God was no longer there. The glory of God no longer showed up. And so we begin to understand that John is writing this with a, with a, with a, with a trying to get to an audience or trying to, or not trying, he's defending the divinity and the deity of Christ. He's defending it. And we know that the defense of the deity of Christ is of vital importance. In the time of John, there were not many other types of religions like we have today. Today we have Islam, we have cults like Mormonism, we have Jehovah Witness, we have a few cults and a few um, other false religions that has risen. And so John defended this deity against the Gnostics and uh, many those who, the, 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 those, um, there was another group called the Dostismos, I just cannot pronounce it, but they were also people that denied that also denied the deity of Christ. Um, and we're going to look at some of these people to just get a, a certain background on some people that denied the deity of Christ. And why this is important in a time in which we are living, because uh, the Bible says in the last days there will be many antichrists. There will be many who will not anymore, that will be against Christ, that will be um, enemies of Christ. And we find this increasing more and more as we are coming to closer, closer, closer and closer to the church age. Now, when we study the book of John, or when we look through the Bible or through history, and we begin to do some research, we understand that various groups that has risen, has risen up and they started um, coming with false doctrines. Now, forgive me for pronunciation, pronunciation. I might not pronounce these um, <laughs> Um, different groups or different types of people that came around during the, uh, the time of history and that was fighting the deity of Christ. Now there were certain groups, the first group we're going to look at is those called the Sab Sabellianism. Sabellianism. Hallelujah. They said that he didn't exist as a person but was simply a mode in which God revealed himself sometimes. So he was just a mode in which God revealed himself sometimes. The ones that John was also dealing with was docetism. These, the Greek word for docetism is, or, or the verb is dakeo, which means to appear to be, which said he wasn't human, 
he was only an apprehensive, sorry, uh, uh, um, they said it appeared to be, he, he, he appeared to be God, or appeared to be uh, uh, um, in, the, in the form of God, but was not really God. And um, I'm just trying to explain this because I, I believe that as, as, as children of God, we need to understand these teachings, especially as I say, the more we're drawing closer to the end time, we need to understand that God is bringing us to a place where we need to understand these these secrets and these depths of teaching because it is very very important for us to brace ourselves and the body of Christ for what is to come because we are knowing that we are living in the last days and we are facing perilous times and we are facing a complete um there are people that are fighting they are fighting um, um the, the work of God they are fighting many doctrines and many things that are true and we find the ushering in of false doctrines and 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 false beliefs systems and, and and people easily follow these false belief systems hallelujah jesus even said you know when people speak about themselves they tend to attract more people when they use human wisdom more people are drawn but when they when they use the supernatural wisdom or the spiritual wisdom people then are, are, are repelled because they are not spiritual but human wisdom attracts those with human 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 those with who has a human who has a who is drawn to human wisdom and so when we look into the life of 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 what um these different people that were going through the different church ages and attacking the church we find that the Kayo the group as i said was during the time also that john was facing this type of guys and um they were the guys that said um as i said it it appeared to be but it wasn't really it was like a ghost it wasn't real it was a ghost but we're gonna keep getting there we're gonna break it down hallelujah then there was a group that was called the no the, the monophotism monophotism hallelujah they said he is two natures that remains separated and are never united somebody by the name of notorious Nestorius came up with a variation of this particular doctrine then there was the doctrine of adoptionism adoptionism that was jesus was a man who because he was such a good man hallelujah that either at his conception or at his baptism he was either good in the womb or good in the water and god adopted him and he became god but he wasn't pre-existing we're going to get there. We are building. God is going to amaze. Through the study, we're going to understand some things, some revelational truths that's going to change our minds, change our hearts. And even for those who are unrepented and following the wrong way, I pray that during this teaching, you will turn to the right way. Hallelujah. Then we find a polarism, which said he was neither a real man nor God, but he was a, a being taken over by the eternal logos the eternal logos and then there was that far-reaching and most serious view called aranemism or arius who essentially said he's a created being created by god not god but created by god hallelujah and these type of heresies led to counsel that established in those four centuries the, the true New Testament and the accuracy of Christ. So we look at these people, they were attacking continuously the deity of Christ and they rose up against it. And John now begins to defend the deity of Christ. Now I gave you first of all the purpose of why the book 
is written. Hallelujah. We are defending the deity of Christ in these teachings. And I pray that God will open up your eyes, open up your heart, and open up your understanding now to understand that we are, that we understand that Jesus was the God man. As our study continues today, we look in the at the book of John. The Bible says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being by him and apart from him nothing came into being that came into being in him was life and the life was the light of man and the light shines in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it but we're going to focus on the first three verses today as we spoke about the glory that left and now we know that christ came hallelujah he came to the earth solomon's question was answered but will god indeed dwell on the earth and we are gonna prove this that god did dwell on the earth hallelujah so the glory returns in the person of christ then we look at number one hallelujah marvelous thing happened the glory of god came to his people again in the person of jesus christ hallelujah the writers of the four gospels has given us snapshots of our lord's life on earth for no complete biography could ever be written about Christ. We read this in John chapter 21 and verse 25. Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Then we look further. Matthew wrote with his fellow Jews in mind and emphasized that Jesus of, of Nazareth had fulfilled the old testament prophecies mark wrote for the busy romans whereas matthew emphasized the king mark presented the servant ministering to the needs of the people luke wrote his gospel for the greeks and introduced them to the sympathetic son of man but it was john hallelujah the beloved disciple who wrote the book of john both for the jews and for the gentiles presenting jesus as the son of god hallelujah now we look at john's purpose understanding the purpose of john's book we know that john had gentiles in mind as well as jews because he often interpreted jewish words or customs for his readers to understand one of these examples is in the book of john chapter 1 and verse 38 jesus looked around and saw them following what do you want he asked them they replied rabbi now he interprets it which means teacher where are you staying so john's emphasis was on was to the jews and was that jesus not only fulfilled the old testament prophecies but also fulfilled the types that was visible in the old testament we know the bible speaks about jesus as the lamb of god now they sacrificed a lamb in the morning and in the afternoon every single day and lambs were offered up as sacrifices for people's sin but here in the book of john we understand right now that john is saying here is the lamb of god who does not only cover sins but removes sins hallelujah we look again the ladder that was that was in genesis 28 when jacob had his head upon the rock hallelujah and he saw the ladders angel ascending and descending and john now john now um speaks about this in the book of first of john sorry john chapter 1 and verse 51 he says you will see now as we look further here he speaks now and he says and he said to him truly truly i say to you um 
you shall see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. So Jacob saw it, but this was now the fulfillment of the type. Hallelujah. He is the New Testament temple hallelujah his body the temple he said the temple they did not understand him it was spiritual and they didn't understand it and they said how could you break down and build this in three days they say this took our father's years you are there's something wrong with you. They thought Jesus was crazy. And hallelujah, the Bible also says he gives us a new birth. He gives us a new birth. He is the serpent lifted up. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 3 and verse 14. John chapter 3 and verse 14. The Bible teaches us, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. The Bible also says he is the bread of God that came down from heaven. John 6 verse 35. Hallelujah. Whereas the first three Gospels were majoring on the events in the life of Christ, John emphasizes the meaning of these events. Hallelujah. He emphasizes on the meaning of these events. In these events, we find out that in the feeding of the five thousand hallelujah for example four gospels records the feeding of the five thousand but it was only in john that records jesus sermon on the bread of life which followed that miracle when he interrupted it with it sorry when interpreted for the people he interpreted it for the people the bible says they broke the bread they gave the bread they were satisfied so jesus says if you eat of me you will have satisfaction there will not be another longing i will be the only i will be the only desire i will be what you will long after but there will be a satisfaction my glory glory be to god glory be to god is one major theme that runs throughout the gospel of john is that jesus christ is the son of god and if we commit ourselves to him he will give us eternal life as i said in the beginning this is what john is about if we commit our lives to christ we have eternal life without christ we are doomed for death and we will die a second death hallelujah but with christ we are we are born twice and die once without christ we are born once but we die twice hallelujah we need to understand that in this first chapter john recorded seven names and titles of jesus that identified him as the eternal god we're going to look at a few in this study but as we continue in our studies with the book of john you will begin to see more of these titles being revealed the first title that he speaks about that the word he is the word hallelujah he is the word what we understand of words words reveal to others our hearts and so jesus christ is god's word to reveal his heart and mind to us he that has seen me has seen the father says 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 this is what john says he that has seen me seems the father and we look at point number two right now so we understand the importance of words we understand the importance of words and then john goes further and he says he that has seen me has seen the father jesus replied have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet still don't you know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? I am the representation of the Father. That is what Jesus was saying to Philip. I am the representation of the Father. Then then the word then 
breaks open for us further and we understand more in depth concerning the word. A word is composed of letters and Jesus is the Alpha and he is the Omega, the first and the last. And this we know is the Greek alphabet. According to Hebrews 1 verse 1 to 3, Jesus Christ is God's last word to mankind for he is the climax of divine revelation the bible says in the book of hebrews 1 verse 1 to 3 the bible says long ago god spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets but in these last days he has spoken to us by his by his son whom he appointed heir of all things through whom he has also created the worlds he is the reflection of god's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by the powerful word. When he had made purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the word. Jesus is the eternal word. He existed in the beginning, not because he had a beginning as a creature, but because he is eternal. He is God and he was with God. Before Abraham was, I am. A very, very, very important part of scripture to understand. Before Abraham was, I am. Now when we go back to the book of, of Exodus, back to the Old Testament, we understand this important statement because Moses asked God, who shall I send, or who shall I say who sent me? And Jesus and God, sorry, God responded to Moses and said, Say to Pharaoh, I am has sent you. I am have sent you. Glory be to God. I am the one who has sent you you hallelujah i am therefore when jesus mentioned this the, the 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 jews understood that jesus was making himself an equal with god and therefore they wanted to stone him or kill him because he was now declaring that he is an equal with god and we're going to look further into this jesus said i am so there are seven i am's in the new testament and we look at this jesus said i am the bread of life to the only thing that can satisfy you the only thing that can satisfy you i am the light of the world the source of all truth i am the door of the sheep the source of all salvation glory be to god the source of all salvation i am the great shepherd the one who laid down his life for the sheep i'm the resurrection and the life he is life before death and after death i am the vine the only source of nourishment and then he said i am the way i am the truth i am the life hallelujah so we understand that he said that i am i am yahweh i am god i am god that was that is what jesus was saying i am god so we understand that jesus christ is the creative word the creative word all things came into being by him when we look back at the book of genesis chapter one we understand this he's the creator the creative word there when we look at genesis genesis chapter one and verse one and john chapter one verse one we understand that the new creation and the old creation god created these worlds through his word and god said let there be 
for he spoke it and it was done. He commanded it and it stood fast. For when he spoke the world began, it appeared at his command. The Bible teaches us in Colossians 1 verse 16, God created all things through Jesus Christ, which means that Jesus is not a created being. He is the eternal God. Hallelujah. For Colossians 1 16 says, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. And we go further. Now, when we look at the word made in the verb, it's a perfect tense word in the Greek, which means completed act. Creation is finished. It's not a process still going on, even though God is certainly at work in his creation. According to John 5 verse 17, when Jesus says, but Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So creation is not a process. It is a finished product. Jesus is the incarnate, which is in bodily, incarnate means in bodily form. He has been embodied. Hallelujah. Jesus is the incarnate word. He was not a phantom spirit. He was not a spirit. He ministered on earth. Hallelujah. Nor was his body an illusion. Nor was his body an illusion. John and the other disciples each had a personal experience that convinced them of the reality of the body. John, 1 John 1 verse 1 and 2. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. Now you can't touch a ghost. You cannot really see a ghost. You cannot see a ghost unless your eyes are open supernaturally. So we understand that. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the father and then he was revealed to us. Even though John's emphasis is the deity of Christ, he makes it clear that the son of God came in the flesh and was subject to the sinless infirmities of human nature. But the Bible says, yet he did not sin. So when we look at the gospel, we understand that John also now reveals to us the human, the human side of Christ. We begin to look in the book of John and we can see the humanity of Christ. So he was a God man, 100% God, 100% man. So in the gospel of John, we see the human side. Hallelujah. And the Bible points this out to us. We understand that the Bible says Jesus was weary, tired. Jesus was thirsty. That he groaned within. That Jesus wept openly. On the cross, he thirst. He died. He bled. After his resurrection, now all these things refers to his humanity. His humanity. Because this can happen to ghosts. Ghosts can get thirsty. Spirits can get hungry. Spirits can bleed. That is impossible. We understand that. So we understand that Jesus was human. Jesus was human. God became man. After his resurrection, he proved to Thomas and the other disciples that he still had a real body. Hereby, a glorified body. We understand it was a glorified body. John 20 verse 24 to 29. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hand. Put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wounds on his side. 
Eight days later, the disciples together again, and this time Thomas was with him. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe, my Lord and my God. Thomas exclaimed, then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who are who believe without seeing me. Hallelujah. How was the word made flesh by the miracle? Because that's a very important question. How was the word made flesh? How was the word of God made flesh? We understand this by the miracle virgin birth. The miracle virgin birth. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 7 verse 14. All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive and a child shall be, shall, she will give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We see this also then further in the book of Luke. We see this miraculous birth of Christ. We're in a Bible study, and so I'm really going to take my time just making you understand and getting the insight into this. Luke chapter 1 from verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will, God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and for that reason the Holy Offspring will be called the Son of God. And behold, even your, your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son and in her old age and she who was called barren in is now in a sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So we understand that it was a miraculous. The, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. She became impregnated with the Son of God. And it was not in a, a natural relationship. It was... Um, the Holy Spirit, as the Bible says, overshadowed her and she was impregnated. Hallelujah. And she then carried the Son of God full term and he was born. So the Bible now, as we come to the conclusion of this study today, we understand that Jesus took upon himself sinless human nature and identified with us in every aspect of life from birth to death. The word was not an was not a concept or a philosophy, but it was a real person who could be seen, touched, and heard. Christianity is Christ, and Christ is God. The revelation of God's glory is an important theme in the gospel. Jesus revealed the glory in his person, his works, and his words. The glory was revealed in the person of Christ, the works of Christ, and in the words of Christ. 
John recorded seven signs that openly declared the glory of God. The changing of water to wine, the healing of an official son, the healing of an invalid man, the feeding of the 5,000, the walking on the water, the healing, healing a man born blind, raising of Lazarus. The Bible then says, and as we come to the conclusion, the glory of the old covenant, the old covenant of law was fading glory, but the glory of the new covenant in Christ is an ever increasing glory. Let's read it. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 7 to 11. The old way with laws edged, edged out in stone led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect a far greater glory under the new way? Now that the Holy Spirit is giving life, in the old way which brings condemnation was glorious. How much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious, at all compared with the overwhelming glory hallelujah of the new way so if the old way which has been replaced was glorious how much more glorious is the new way which remains forever my god it shall remain forever that is from the nlt translation Hebrew speaks about a better covenant. We are in a better dispensation. Hallelujah. We are in a better dispensation of time. If you're a Jew and you're going to listen to this, I pray that God will open the heart, your eyes to understand that right now, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If you're Muslim, I want you to understand Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. The law could reveal sin, but it could never remove sin. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus Christ came with fullness of grace and truth. And this fullness is available to all who trust in him. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. For out of his fullness and abundance we all have received, all had shared, and we all supplied with one grace after another. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. And even favor upon favor. And gift heaped upon another gift. We are definitely in a better covenant. And here, as we continue through the study of John, as you connect with us, thank you for joining our breakthrough service. I pray that God will give you understanding and enlighten you to the ways of Christ and that you understand that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus was manifested. This is, this is just... Um, this is the tip of the iceberg. There's so many depths to go into the deity of Christ and bringing understanding and bringing revelation and bringing insight into, into what this really is. So we're going to trust God that you will continue listening to our series on the book of John. And we are concluding with the book of Philippians. And I pray that God will richly bless you. If you connect with us, you could sow into us on our PayPal. You can sow with, um, connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, instagram spotify and you could then connect with us and under all of these um different um, social media platforms it's the under the name ashwin lewis may god richly bless you if you do not know jesus say this prayer with me say lord jesus i come to you today i believe that you died for me and that you rose again 
I believe that you are the Son of God. And today, I surrender my life and I give myself unto you in Jesus' name. Today, I'm born again. Today, I am washed with the blood. Today, I'm adopted into the family of God. God richly bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.